All right, today we're going to be talking about home inspections, and we have one of our favorite home inspectors with us today. I should say he is our favorite inspector, just to make him feel welcome. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm here why you're saying that. <laughs> Brian Kirkham with Utah Property Inspectors. This is a guy that we've known for a long time, and so he has a real depth of experience in the industry, um, and I'm excited to unpack some things about home inspections with Brian today. Um, I think it's going to be a really worthwhile uh, episode, and also wanted to, as we get into this, bring your attention to a previous episode that we did about buyer due diligence, and this fits in nicely with that episode, but we're going to focus completely on home inspections today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, how you got into the home inspection industry. Yeah, um, I've actually been doing inspections now for 16 years. Uh, I've done pretty close to 14,000 inspections, so... Uh, seen quite a few things. That's amazing. Yeah. Actually, I wonder how that relates to other inspectors. <laughs> 14,000 yeah. inspectors. I mean, I think if you ask some of these inspectors, they probably wouldn't know, but yeah. I don't think it'd be anywhere near that. And yeah. and some of that is commercial. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just residential, it is commercial yeah. as well. Good. So tell us about your background then. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Camas, uh, building homes. And the company that I was with, we did, uh, we it was all in-house. So we built the, the homes from the ground up. We did the footings, the foundation, the framing, um, right to the finished work. So, and then I got my own uh, general contractor's license, uh, built some homes in Park City, uh, Tooele County, and American Forks, as a matter of fact. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, then, well, and then I actually was in the electrical union yeah. for five and a half yeah. years. Yeah, I, I know you had a lot of really deep experience in the yeah. electric, electrical world, so that's awesome. Yeah. I guess it's worth contrasting a little bit with other home inspectors that we have here in the Valley who probably have never even built a home, and I don't mean to make light of that. I, I just realized that to get a home inspection license here in Utah, one could do what? Hang out a shingle and print some <laughs> business I actually, cards? I actually, print some business cards and start doing home inspections. Yeah. Now, and yeah. then, now that, that's kind of basically, you know, you know, we'll get into that a little later, but, you know, when you're, when you're hiring a home inspector, you yeah. know, a background is, is a big question yeah. to me as, as a home buyer. Well, I think let's lead into that subject. I mean, what does it take to become a home inspector in Utah? Well, when I first got into home inspections, um, I actually bought a national franchise company. Oh, okay. And so when I bought my franchise company, uh, even though Utah was not on the list of licensed states where you had to get a license through yeah. the state, um, the Nash, our national company, when we bought our franchise, uh, they trained us. Uh, we went to, you know, three weeks of training, and then we also had to take the national test. And some of these other national societies that, you know, kind of sponsor and kind of educate home inspectors, ASHI, NAHI, and NACHI are three of your biggest. Yeah. Um, that's that's basically, they, they give a national test. Yeah. But in Utah, from what I understand, there's no licensing no. for a home inspector. And no. so there's no regulatory board, like we have the Division of Real Estate. No. You don't fall in under any of those... Uh, requirements. We don't. You guys are out there running wild. We are running amok. Well, and that's part of the problem, though, is there are a lot of people that are out there, as Justin alluded to, that are calling themselves home inspectors, and and I, you know, not sure how qualified or competent they are. Well, it seems like you do three, you know, three things here, right? You could say, okay, I want to be a home inspector today and print some business cards. Yeah. Or two, you could say, I want to be a home inspector, but I'm going to go get some continuing education and all the online resources and take courses and all that stuff. And you're a good one, too. Yeah, and, and, and the third would be, 
Somebody says, I'm going to be a home inspector. I'm going to set up a real business. I'm going to do all this, that online resources and training, etc. And And then you put that with an actual background in construction. Yes. That, that seems like what would make a more powerful home inspector. Yeah, and really and truly, you know, the people, and, and, and bear in mind, I'm not, you know, downplaying anybody, but, you know, somebody that has just got out of the business from selling insurance and goes right. into the home inspection business, you know, they're, they're, the state should mandate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And they should, you know, apprentice underneath somebody that does have the experience in the background yeah. to kind of help these guys down the road if they are, are they going to stay in the business? Too? Yeah. Well, and I've actually come across people who are retired and they want a little side hustle. Yeah. And they may have, you know, they've been homeowners or maybe they've had a couple of rental properties or something. And then all of a sudden they're sort of qualified to be a, a home inspector. And I really am concerned about that. So. Well, you know, before the downturn, the first downturn we had, um, we, we were inundated, just like you guys as real estate agents, you know. And, and and let's face it, I mean, even with the state having, you know, state guidelines and you guys having so much education, I mean, there's bad real estate agents out there, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with home inspectors. And, and, and the way I view it, they don't stay around too long. Yeah. You know, they miss something big. You know, they miss something big in a real estate transaction. And, you know, you as a real estate agent and the buyer are mad at them. And they, and they don't hang around very long. I mean, they, they, they find a way to get weeded out pretty quick. Yeah. Well, at least the question would be, do you have insurance? Does we a do. home inspector have no. insurance? But nobody is requiring you to have insurance, right? No, you don't no. have to. And, that, and that's one other question, you know, as, as a home buyer asking these questions, what's your background? You carry E&O insurance just, you know, just in case you do miss something, right. you know, because yeah. we're yeah. all human, you know. And Sorry to cut you off on no. that thought, but you you know you'd mentioned that some national organizations, some trade associations, yes. and things like that. I think those would be important for a home inspector to to belong to. They they do, and, and that's one thing that you know they they do kind of give you ongoing education. And yeah. and for me, like even a, a guy that's ha- got some experience, they kind of keep us updated on some of the newer products that are out there that yeah. are being installed in the homes. Instead of me showing up and going, I have no clue what you got going on here. You know, <laughs> that is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. got you. Well, it's pretty obvious, but why should a buyer have a home inspection? And let me back up and state that a lot of buyers come to us and they say, I want to offer on this home, but I want to make sure that I have a chance to get a home inspection. The real estate purchase contract gives you a due diligence deadline. It's anywhere from 10 to 14 days, and that's plenty of time for you to call a home in, home inspector. Typically, Brian, if I were to call you on a Monday, you'd have an opening by somewhere Thursday Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, somewhere in that range. Exactly. Right? Yep. So there's plenty of time. Ten days is plenty of time to do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we always remind our buyers it's more than just hiring a home inspector. I mean, we got to look at neighborhoods and schools and crime statistics and all those different things. But Brian's going to help you with a whole lot of stuff here that you're worried about. And, um, of course, when they go through this home inspection, they're going to be so worried because you do such a good job. But why do buyers want to have a home inspection? Well, basically when, you know, you as the real estate agent go out, you guys look at this house, you like it, you put in an offer in it, and the offer, you know, I mean, you're thinking everything in that house is good. Well, we're attracted to, you know, the nice furnishings and the paint colors and the (laughs) countertops. But really, that's a lot of what people are are looking at. They're not thinking about the things. Well, they don't, and you're not looking at water damage that you should have noticed, you know, if you're really looking. Uh, They're excited about the house, or they they forget to look at that the roof might, you know, be ready to be replaced. You know, so, so there's little things that we're not emotionally attached to that we go in, uh, we provide, you know, kind of the condition of the property, 
You're, yeah. the, you're the buzzkill, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the condition of the property is the buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's a That's distinction true. there. But I like what he said. I mean, the, buying a home is very emotional, and uh, buyers are approaching that with so much in their head that's clouding maybe some of the logical steps of evaluating a property. In comes a home inspector like Brian, and he, you know, brings that all down to a logical, factual level mm -hmm. and looking at things in, in a way that can help them make the right decision. Yeah. Right. And, and like the other thing that really kind of, you know, is, is a home buyer, you know, one other question I would ask is, you know, can I see a copy of your inspection? Because yeah. sometimes, I mean, this is like studying for, you know, okay. an essay. Yeah. That is a very good point. Because we have had home inspections come back where somebody else chose a different home inspector. And I'm telling you, it's in triplicate. And yeah. it's just a bunch of check marks. Check this, yeah. check that, check that. Your inspection is so much more complete than that. And maybe we ought to get into that a little bit more, but I'll tell you, and I think we are going to in the show notes here, but when we have to go back and go to bat for you, boy, do we need an amazing inspection. So I think it's a good question. And so if a buyer called you and set up an, an appointment and, and they said, hey, I'd love to see a sample inspection of yours, you'd send it to them? It's on the website. You it's on the website? Yeah, you can actually go to the website. We're talking about, in case you didn't catch it, we're talking about the report that Brian produces after the inspection that yeah. you can then review all of the findings from the home inspection. And we have seen so many different formats of those reports. Some of them are just horrible. Others are so informational. The, the information is easy to access. Uh, Brian does a great job, even has uh, video yeah. and things like that on his reports to help explain and describe the situation that he might be coming up against. Yeah, we love that. So give us an idea what a home inspection looks like. I mean, where are you in this house? What are you doing? Well, we check everything. You know, we check from, you know, walking around the place looking at fences uh, to, you know, a, 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 one of the biggest things we find in a lot of houses is the grading. You know, a grading around the house is very crucial because especially if we have a livable space below, uh, negative grade causes water penetration. Yeah. You know. You're willing to get up on those roofs? Yeah, still today. <laughs> Actually, heights don't scare me. I actually like Oh, man, I can't imagine because sometimes we have a big two-story and oh, it might yeah. have a whack-out basement and you look <laughs> down that thing, it scared yeah. the heck out of me. Yeah. Attics. Get up in the attics. Even um, in the middle of the summer, are you getting up in the attic? Yeah, I am. Yeah, what's the temperature reading in some of those? About 116, 118. <laughs> <laughs> look it up. <laughs> yeah, well, even, but like crawl spaces are nasty places Disgusting. a lot of times but you guys are down yeah. on your back yeah. shimmying through the crawl space the to nasty. look at stuff looking yeah. through the nasty yeah. yeah now tell us more though about your home inspection about what you're looking at you know basically we go in we actually look you know from the siding to the roof to the flashing uh, we find a lot of flashing problems as well uh, but we check out you know the siding um, we check out inside mechanical uh, electrical plumbing uh, we use infrared cameras in our inspections as well when we run plumbing uh, because it's kind of a, it's a camera that can x-ray the walls and ceilings and we can see plumbing leaks, roof leaks, water penetration that could be concealed in a wall or ceiling that you can't see with just a walkthrough inspection. So we've got stuff that we can actually kind of cheat and see things that some inspectors can't. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see Brian do a, a home inspection because, you know, if the seller left a bunch of dirty dishes, he'll load them in the dishwasher, and then you, and you do run a load of dishes, don't you? Yeah, I, do. I just kidding. I know you do turn on the dishwasher, though, and you heat every element of the stove. And another thing that Brian likes to do, and it doesn't surprise me when I walk in, and he's actually uh, in the jetted tub. Uh, <laughs> with my bathing suit. With my bathing suit. <laughs> taking a bath to make sure the jets work. And 
I mean, you're filling up tubs, watching them drain. It's really in a, a very boring thing to watch, and that's obviously why we have the buyers. And maybe you tell me, you know, we tell the buyers, you don't have to be there for the full three hours. If you want to, Brian's not going to kick you out. But it's really boring stuff because you're just doing, you're multitasking a lot of stuff here. We want you to show up for the last half an hour. Brian's going to give you the recap. Yeah, and that's basically, and to be honest with you, I mean, when I'm there by myself and I don't have somebody upstairs asking me a question when I'm downstairs, uh, yeah. they're going to get more of a, a detailed report. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then we take the time at the end to go through it, you know, and, and go through our findings and explain things. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of things that we do see, Jared and Justin, is, you know, basically in every house. Mm. You know, we, we're, yeah. you know, it really and truly, I mean, a home inspection is based off of bigger ticket items that, you know, nobody was aware of. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, that's true. Even though your report will detail a lot of little nitpicky things, the door's not latching. And, yeah, you know, I call it the blah blah blah. But what know? we really care about are roofs, yeah, furnaces, electrical, air conditioner. <laughs> you know, these big ticket items: electrical, yeah. plumbing. I love that you have the infrared gun. That's yeah. a powerful tool that you need to have. Well, actually, a story on that. It is a number of years ago that you did an inspection for us on a home that we invested in, and you shot that infrared uh, gun on one of the ceilings under the bathroom. Uh, that was upstairs, and you saw some indication of some water, and uh, you know we were able to, you know, we wanted to know. You obviously want to know about that kind of thing, but yeah. most inspectors, without that specialized tool and that knowledge, would not have caught that, and then you and I could have had a flood later, and uh, that saved us uh, a lot of damage. Yeah, sweet things, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and really, truly, I mean, basically, what those infrared cameras do is they just they they eliminate the finger pointing. You know, the seller knew, you know, they didn't disclose and, you know, it just eliminates a lot. Of, and, and the real estate transactions uh, go a lot better for everybody involved, buyer's agent, seller, every, you know, everybody's happier. Because a lot of times we catch that stuff when it's minor and there's minor, you know, repairs to that instead of major. Here's a question for you that we get a lot. Okay. A lot of buyers say, hey, this is a fairly new condo. And do you think I should have a home inspection? I mean, you know, condos don't have, you know, they're not responsible for the roofs and the exterior or anything like that. So you're really just going in there and doing, you know, a, a shorter inspection. Mm -hmm. What do you think about condos and maybe even townhomes too? Even houses, even brand new houses. I mean, honestly, a lot of times I'll give you, I, I, I've got one story in my head I remember, you know, uh, today. Uh, it was a high-end home in, in Pleasant Grove before the downturn. And this lady calls me up. She's from back east. And she goes, you know, it's a brand new house, never been lived in. You know, why would you have a home inspection? She asked me this question. And I said, well, you know, sometimes uh, they haven't been lived in first off. And a lot of the bugs haven't been worked out. Mm -hmm. And uh, she didn't book an inspection. She called me back two days later and said, I just want to do it. And the shower pan in the master, they had uh, they had punctured the, the membrane behind the tile wall. Mm -hmm. And it was leaking down through yeah. the office, sitting the walls, you know. And, and she was so thankful. You know, we catch stuff like that. You know, where she would have moved in, uh, had already closed on the house, and now the the, the builder is going to get over there when he has time. Yeah. yeah. So new construction, you're a believer. I, I mean, obviously, because you're you know you're yeah. in the business here. A lot of times, well, a lot of times, like I'm saying, the kinks haven't been worked out. People haven't lived. In that it. is true. When I built my house in 2008, it was like a year of discovering things. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. So it's not that, in fact, I'd almost rather have a home that's a couple of years old where the kings have been worked out. Yeah. The builder has come back and yeah. he's fixed a few of those things and it's inevitable. But you charge less on a condo than you would on a single family home. Yes. Right? Yep. 
So even though it's a, it's an investment, it's a smaller investment. So if you have a condo and you want to get inspected, it's completely yeah. up to a, a, a buyer to do that. Exactly. You'll, yep. you'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's very right. nice of you. Now, you've got a lot of competitors out there. There's a lot of people in the home inspection business. Sure. But one of your biggest competitors is Uncle Bob, who mm-hmm. is the buyer's uncle who's been a contractor for 30 years. And they really trust Uncle Bob. And so we've had buyers bring him to the house and do a home inspection and not hire a professional. I've seen that not go well. So, you know, tell us a little bit about why they would not want to go with Uncle Bob, but spend the money on a home inspection, a professional home inspection. Well, there's two things that I can see that would cause problems. Um, The the first thing is, is like when I first got into home inspections, um, I thought I knew it all. And it's not that they don't know what's going on, but their eye is not fine-tuned into the things that that's really happen. That's a key. Happen. I think that's that, a real key. That's the real key. And then the second thing is, 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 is let's say I'm the real estate agent. I'm you guys. Um, negotiations when an Uncle Bob is telling everybody what's going down, that kind of breaks down the negotiations. Instead of a third-party opinion going, you know, Uncle Bob says that, you know, it's not yeah. Uncle Bob, it's Brian with Utah Property Inspectors that says there's a problem. Yeah. And I think as a seller, if I was selling the house, I kind of put myself in both positions. It would be easier to, to give money back or make the repairs when it's a third party versus Uncle Bob saying. You know? I think those are both extremely <laughs> well, good points. I think um, also if, if Uncle Bob misses something and and it's a big deal for you, then Thanksgiving dinner is going to taste a little differently. <laughs> when he's, uh, when Uncle he's Bob there. might not be at Thanksgiving. Yeah, he'll <laughs> But you know, we also have uh, buyer signed. You'll be signing this uh, this uh, this buyer broker agreement, which allows us to represent you as a buyer. That says you're going to exercise care and diligence in ex- in evaluating the property, and that if you decide to do your own inspections or you have a family member come do the inspections, you're going to hold us harmless because we're really worried about you and Uncle Bob pulling up in your truck and putting a ladder up to the roof, and you're climbing around the roof, and somebody falls off. Suddenly, this is a big deal. So. Transferring that liability, liability yeah. over to Brian, who's a professional and has that experience, yeah. is probably better for your own safety. Well, everybody I, involved. I, I think the point that you made about having a trained eye is super valid. Again, these contractors may know a lot of stuff, but when I've seen them come in, and they're just, it's, it's almost a casual thing where they're just looking at things and they're knocking on walls and hit, you know, stomping on the floor and. It's just so much different than you who has a, a checklist, a, a way of going through the home to make sure you're thorough and complete. Yeah. It's just a totally different uh, analysis of that home yeah. than, than your uncle could do. So I just don't recommend. And, and then Brian made the second valid point. When we're going to uh, negotiate some things, it's, he, it's Brian is a much more authoritative voice than your uncle. And a lot of agents that we might be dealing with who are listing the property, who are representing the seller, they might know who Brian is because they may use him as an inspector as well. And so uh, it helps us to negotiate a lot better when we find things, some things that are wrong with the house. Yeah. Now, you've talked about specialized tools. You have the infrared guns. Mm-hmm. And um, also on a home inspection, there's a general home inspection, but then people can also add on a few additional tests. What, what are some of the things that somebody could add on? Well, we, we actually do the radon testing. Uh, we actually use some nuclear machines. Uh, we leave them in the house. It's a machine we leave in the house for 48 hours, and then we have immediate results. Yeah. Uh, with an inspection, it's 125. 
uh, if they just want us to come out just for the rate on it's 150. Yeah. Because that you have to leave that, and then you have to come back and pick that yes. up at some later time. Yep. What are some crazy readings you've seen on radon? Ninety-eight point five. Ninety-eight point five. Wow. And 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 the, and the legal limit is four point zero and above. It's measured in picocuries. Yeah. yeah. Ninety-eight point five was in Park City. That's like smoking a uh, you know. A I'm telling you what. I, I, I think if you turned off thing. the lights, you'd be glowing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a party to me. But you know what's so funny is, is I tested it one time, and I'm like. This cannot be right. I mean, my machine just must have messed up. So I took it, I set one again, and it came back within a few decimals of each other. And then I actually ended up setting three machines side by side, and they were all within one decimal. Wow, of each that other. is yeah. way high. I yeah. think I've seen some things in the teens, but yeah. that is. I've, I've actually had a lot of 30s and 40s too really? before, but 98 was the, yeah, the, yeah like that. So you got you got radon. What else can somebody add on? Uh, you can do math testing, and that and that is becoming more and more popular. People are becoming more and more aware of math. Talk, talk a little bit about the process of testing for math. Um, so do? math, what we usually do is typically um, I'll, I'll test in the kitchen, in case it was manufactured. Uh, I do test in all air filtration systems, so I'll test inside the furnace as well as the cold air returns, and then maybe a bathroom exhaust fan. And, and just so you know, this year alone. I've actually in Saratoga Springs, that's as far as we'll go, um, uh, we tested two brand new homes that have never been lived in with meth. You're kidding. And the, and the contractor called me screaming at me, you know what I mean, which he was just wound up because of the situation. Yeah. But it ended up being, you know, uh, once they kind of narrowed things down, it was the, the sheet rockers hanging the sheet rock that were smoking meth. My God, that, that, is, that is really crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we've done a lot of meth testing with Brian and... And uh, especially on bank-owned properties that we've, yeah. um, so if, it kind of depends on. I mean, I, you shouldn't make the assumption, but you know, sometimes if shady people are living there, you got to test. But sometimes if you can talk to the neighbors and that person's, you know, the grandma's been living there for thirty years, you know, maybe you don't test for it. But I, I don't know. And that's what I always said: just go talk to your neighbors. They're the biggest. You know, they'll, they'll tell you everything. <laughs> if you're going through an inspection, O'Brien, and, and somebody did not add the meth test, but yeah. you can kind of see, you well, know. If you found paraphernalia or well, something like that. Well, certainly I have. I've, oh, I'm sure I've you found have. needles before. Yeah. Have you? But if, if, if you can see maybe some indications where they were, yeah. you'd probably call absolutely. the buyer and say, listen, yeah, add the meth test. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Well, and I do. And you know what? Sometimes I'm, I'm kind of honest to a fault sometimes because yeah. some um, clients will automatically will uh, there's another test we do is air quality mold testing mm -hmm. and they'll automatically add it yeah. you know just like I tell them look don't add that because it's really expensive you know let us do our first analysis of the home let's do the inspection because food source for mold to grow is moisture leaks water yeah. penetration uh, and it has to be contained in an exterior wall or in the ceiling that's going to contain insulation which could retain the moisture for mold to grow yeah. so before we add all this up let us use our infrared cameras. Let us do the inspection. And if we see moisture in a ceiling or wall, we're going to recommend you get a mold test done anyway, just mm. to protect everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. How do termites work? Uh, you, you're looking for evidence of termites all the time, but you're not necessarily a termite inspector. Yeah. Yeah, so what we do is we look for any type of signs, tubulars, or any damage to sheetrock, baseboard, trim. Um, and then from there, I mean, basically we'll refer that to, you know, having... 
you know, a, a licensed pest professional come in and give you. So if it's a if it's a VA loan, your inspection you can't generate inspection for we a can, VA we, loan. We can actually give you a certification for it. Oh, you can. Yeah, but when there's damage and stuff done, we, we recommend that you know a company come in because we we don't eradicate them. You know, right. No. no spray or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, so. but that's nice to know that you can do a VA yes. certification. Yeah, yeah okay. we can. You know, other things that you're probably coming across though are like cockroaches and yeah. and uh, maybe uh, hives and things like that. We that catch them in the attic yeah. all the time. Yes, that's interesting. From gaps in the fascia, soft litter, or leaves. Well, I think that's really important. Uh, one other one would be lead and asbestos. Um, again, lead testing is so rare. People, you know, if you buy a home pre 1978, we're going to put a lead dis lead based paint disclosure in front of you, and you're going to sign are you going to do a test or not. Yeah. And uh, I always remind people that most of us grew up in homes pre 1978, and we're okay. And so I've had I've done hundreds of FHA and VA and conventional deals on homes pre 1978. Nobody's forcing you to, to do a lead based paint test. I've never had buyers actually do a lead based paint. Yeah, and basically lead base. I mean, ba you have to digest it. You have to eat it, or it affects you. Well, kids, that's the fear. Kids will put anything in their yeah. mouth. Right, and and so when we're when we're inspecting the house, uh, if the walls haven't been refinished and painted, and we do have cracking and flaking paint, uh, I, I do talk about it being yeah. a concern. But yeah. it, I mean, if the house has been remodeled and repainted and stuff, I mean, it, it it's not a it's big encapsulated. Concern. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But there is the popcorn ceiling, and a lot yeah. of that is asbestos-containing is, is as well. And, yes. and then there's the asbestos tape yeah. around furnace ducts and things like that. You're pointing that out. In the flooring, yeah. In the, the, a lot of the flooring it's tiles shingles, used to use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much everywhere. In yeah. Insulation, uh, it's, it, you know, it's got you know, the loose-to-loose insulation. Yeah. Uh, so basically where I'm a little bit concerned with the insulation being asbestos is if these guys have got great renovation yeah. Plans. And they're going to come in and knock walls out. That's when it's concerning because now yeah. we've opened up the, the Pandora box, you know. There's not necessarily an age for asbestos. Like, you know, they've declared 1978 is the lead-based paint. But for asbestos, generally speaking, when did they stop using asbestos? 78. Oh, really? Well, it was 78. Yeah, it was oh. 78. And, 78 and was a big year. And right? I've actually seen it go up into like 79. Now, I don't know if that was like, you know, the house being... You know, you're older than what it said on the MLS, but mm. typically 78 is the cutoff for okay. asbestos. That was a big deal. Lead, lead base is 76 is what they were saying. Mm. So, okay. okay, well, those are good things that, you know, again, if you're going to do any kind of remodeling, you'd want to know about those. and, and uh, Yes, because it, it needs to be taken out, yeah. you know, and, and anytime it goes airborne, that's that's the thing with asbestos, same thing with, you know, your tile ceilings or your, your floors. You know, if, if you're buyers are unaware of you know a tile floor that's going to contain asbestos you know and they come in there and start hitting with a shovel yeah. and breaking it up then it's a problem and you know if the floor is nice and level pick out a nice pad and just carpet over just it carpet over it yeah just don't even don't even get rid of it but it's nice to let those buyers know that yeah. you know please don't touch this yeah. you know it's good the way it is re-carpet over the top of it and you're good to go yeah good okay so you do this full-blown inspection we have this beautiful report now at our disposal and um, let me back up and say that not all homes, there's not, there's no such thing as a perfect home. Oh. You just said that even brand new homes oh. sometimes have flaws, right? Absolutely. So sometimes buyers, they just, they want to go right back to the seller and, and, you know, try to get them to come down on their price or fix things and all that. And some sellers in the markets that we've had over the last decade, I just said, sorry, next. Yeah. And, um, and, and so in some regard cases, that's the, 
that is. I mean, even to get to go under contract with this seller, we may have had multiple offers. So even though we have a great report and there's definitely some legitimate issues, I always try to let buyers know that they may not do anything. Right. They may send you packing. And a buyer has that option through the due diligence deadline. They can have that contingency to, to, to remove themselves from the contract. But if we've got a really great report and we've got a seller that's wanting to help out, and by the way, sometimes you bring up issues that sellers had no idea that was in their homes. Oh, absolutely, all the time. And some, some sellers take the approach where, gosh, I guess I really need to get this fixed. It's the right thing to do. I don't want to leave a buyer with some of these problems. So if we've got a really great report, which we may have paid you somewhere between 375 and 500, depending on the square footage of the home, the age of the home, location, location, all those things, uh, we can go to bat for you, Jared and I can. And so talk about return on investment, Jared. T tell us what you think about that and some of your experiences on taking a home inspection, inspection report and going back to the sellers. Yeah, sure. I, again, you're, you are now armed with information. And his report's got videos and pictures and we can use that really strategically to reopen negotiations with the seller. And so that might include um, having the seller fix some things, lowering the price, maybe including some concessions like additional closing costs paid for by the seller on behalf of the buyer. And, you know, a lot of things come to mind. Roofs, I've had, uh, I've been able to negotiate uh, $8,000 concessions for a new roof. Uh, water heaters replaced. Uh, windows replaced. I mean, the list is uh, very wide and varied, but, uh, it, it, you know, if you spend $450 you get an $8,000 concession, that's one heck of a good return. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I've had the same experiences over many, many years. You know, the state really wants us to go after a price reduction or they would like us to go after um, uh, concessions. So in other words, if you structure the deal where you're not asking the seller to pay any of your closing costs, now you might go back to the seller and ask them to pay some of your closing costs, so that frees up some money that you would have paid for closing costs to fi fix some of these issues. Right. The problem with asking the sellers, and again, this is where the states really come down on us, to, to fix A, B, C, and D, you got this laundry list, a honey-do list of things, A, the sellers don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. But really, the you don't know who fixed it, if, if they brought in licensed people, if it was done correct, what happens in 30 days when that issue resurfaces or the, the work that was done fails? You can see how many problems yeah. that's created over many years. And so the state said, please go after a financial concession. It's a lot cleaner for everybody. Yeah, yeah so. that's a really good point to bring in. Uh, but uh, again, the point is it's an awesome return on investment. I don't have any problem spending money on a home inspection. Now, sometimes we've uh, had a home inspection done and like you said, the seller wasn't willing to do anything, but there's still value in that. I mean, you now have peace of mind and you're going into this transaction, into closing this transaction with eyes wide open yeah. and not yeah. finding things out. Marching orders for the next, you know, yeah, people, you know 10 people, Saturdays in a row. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I got to do. use the inspection sometimes to make the repairs after they move. Right. Out. And if you know what? Seller's unwilling. We've it's also fixed. had people come back, and, and, and this is hard, but it comes some, once in a while, where the inspection really came back very, very well. And they think, whoa, that was kind of a waste of money. Was it? <laughs> was it a waste of money to pay $400 to know that the home was in amazing shape and condition? That just seems like a really great peace of mind. Yeah. Oh. It's like going to your doctor and having blood work done and getting <laughs> a physical exam. You're disappointed that you're healthy. The doctor says, yeah, you're healthy, actually. <laughs> Crud, what did I even come in here for? Yeah, no, that's funny. Okay, um, 
give us some funny stories. You tell funny. Brian, Brian, it's hard for Brian to sit in front of a microphone and not use any cuss words. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't know. Probably, my, probably one of my funniest ones is, uh, well, there's a couple of them, but one of my funniest ones was in Highland. And I go down in the basement and I can smell moist air. Yeah. Like, I know that there is water in this basement. And I'm like, I, I just, I'm, I'm using my infrared camera. I'm looking at every wall. I'm using my handheld moisture meter, and I'm not finding this moist smell. And uh, I've got my head um, shoved up in this wood-burning fireplace, and I look up, and I open up the damper, and I look up, and this raccoon is looking at me right <laughs> in the face. And I hit my head on top of the thing. I, I thought I'd knock myself out. And that raccoon was hissing, and oh my gosh, that was bad on there. That was a little scary. That yeah. is but that was funny. the the moist smell was the raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just live, just living in the home. Yeah. Maybe you had a really just, sweet setup. Just just hanging out in the in the, the chimney, you know, down by the fireplace. Well, speaking of little critters, man, don't you find critters a lot of time? I'm scared to death of bats, for example. I've had bats. They don't scare me as bad as snakes. You've had snakes. Few few snakes, but no no major encounters. You know nothing. You know, and we don't Gosh. have. I mean, but no, nothing. Sp- even spiders. Yeah. Scare me. I don't care about spiders. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're walking through some crawl spaces, and there's probably co- you come out with cobwebs oh, yeah. all over you, and all over me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and again, these are things that Uncle Bob's not doing. He's not going through the <laughs> crawl about, space. To what about check that out? Paranormal activity. Any ghost? <laughs> One time in Lehigh. Really? Yeah. One time in Lehigh, I was in this old house, and I I could actually tell you who the real estate agent was. We won't name names, but. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and they're supposed to be coming, and all of a sudden, I mean, I just barely got there and was down in the basement looking at this mechanical place, and it was kind of leery because I could actually hear somebody walking across the floor upstairs. Uh. And I'm like, hello, you know, I'm down here, and nobody comes, and I walk upstairs and looking around. I'm like, no, nobody's there, and I go back down. It happens like two or three times, and then I'm just like, you know. Okay, this is a little weird. Yeah. But I could actually hear somebody walking across that upstairs Ooh, and the main man. floor when I was down in the basement. Well, so, did you note that in the so report? So usually, <laughs> no, when I usually walk in, I usually go face forward. And that one I was, you know, I was, you know, facing the door. Yeah. yeah. Wanna... Well, I've walked into a lot of properties that uh, the hair sort of stands up on the back of the neck. I mean, homes that have been vacant for years and we still in and out a lot of bank-owned properties. Yeah. And uh, it can be a little scary, you know, at times. <laughs> For sure. Well, there's always, always the potential for somebody to be squatting in a property, though, like that, too. That's kind of a scary we encounter had, to have. We, we, we did a, uh, what was it, a sixplex down in Salt Lake. I don't think there was a window in this place. It was before the downturn. Mm. And there was two rooms I couldn't inspect because homeless people were sleeping in them. Oh my mm. yeah. Were you very quiet? Just, yeah, I'm just like, I open up the door, <laughs> and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> don't want to wake them up. <laughs> yeah. no, no. Well, as you go through all, all these homes of different ages, I mean, what's the oldest home you think you've inspected? Um, in the 18th, 1800s. Yeah, we've sold a home, I think we sold a home a year and a half ago, it was 1888 or something like that, it was down yeah. in Salem. Really nice home. Yeah. But um, what are just some absolute deal breakers? Like... You got you. Jared and I have a huge threshold. I mean, there's yeah. not let that would scare us away. Yeah, we've cleaned up meth properties. And we've done all this stuff. I think everything there, is fixable. I mean, I mean, fixable. Basically, I mean, as if I was putting myself in the buyer situation, um, you know, I'm in love with a house, but you know, something that would deter me from selling the house when I go to sell it would be kind of a deal breaker for me. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah, that is actually a, a, opens up quite a discussion because we do find, um, for example, foundation problems, which can be remedied. Yeah. With helical piers and the like. Yeah. When you go to sell that property, uh, the disclosures will ask you, "Did you have any problems?" And then you're gonna have to tell them the whole story and all this stuff, and you put helical piers, which. Are you a believer in helical piers? Absolutely. That's a good I think I'd rather have a home that has helical piers than, than one that doesn't. We've had a lot of concealed hills. Yeah, oh, I mean, all I, along I, the Wasatch Front. And I've inspected them, and no. I'm telling you, they're, that's a good system. No, yeah. I've, I've actually had good. But um, you do have to disclose results. that. You'll have to disclose that. you got to get that. a buyer comfortable with those things yeah. because those are, those are problems. It's the cost, yeah. but then it's like you're saying, it is having to disclose that at some yeah. point in time. But is so. I mean, we're so, jaded, so, so, right? so let me ask you that question while we're yeah. on that subject. As a real estate agent, um, you bring a buyer in; um, they disclose that they've had some helical peers. Mm-hmm. What percentage of people are turned off by that? I'm not sure if I've got enough data on that, but I've come across it a number of times. I would say um, some would probably be turned off on it, and I would point them to really investigate what those systems are. In fact. If I were building on the bench along the Wasatch Front, I would have used I would use helical piers <laughs> in the construction process. Yeah, you know we've seen homes on the Provo bench sell for five thousand dollars. We're talking like homes that could have sold for four hundred fifty thousand dollars because it's just a complete scrap. Mile High Drive in Provo. I remember that one. Yeah. That was something yeah. else. So we've had some of those things. So you know, helical piers, if people have the information, I guess we just need to arm them for, for with information. Yeah, they need to get the facts. They're, they're a great system. And I, and I think, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I know that warranty is transferable to the it next is, it is. Yeah. buyer. But what, after the, what about after that? Is it, yeah, does it keep transferring? Question. I think it's like a 40, some of them are a certain number of years after the work's been done, too. Yeah, I mean, I we mean, sold a house last year um, where out in the street, the Springville water had been leaking over a period of years. Did, seller didn't know about that. Well, they, they're a little bit slightly lower than the grade of the street. They started noticing problems in their home. The back side of the home, actually, the foundation sort of cracked, and then it sort of leaned and uh i mean they did uh springville city finally came out and saw yeah we do have a leak here it's been going on for a number of years i think and anyway springville city kind of helped them but there was a big fight and they but they ended up fixing that foundation and putting about 75 grand into it and that foundation was super i mean they had engineers sign off on it and everything really really stabilized it did a great job did it the right way but still, as we showed that and we listed that, there were a lot of people that still, just in their mind, that's a stigmatized property. And so there were a lot of people who did pass up on that home because it had had the foundation yeah. problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, all three of us are pretty jaded because we have a huge threshold. And my point to a lot of buyers, if financially, if it makes sense, if we can get an accommodation from the seller on a major issue that comes up, you know, go through the transaction. There wouldn't be really anything that would scare us away. Yeah, but we have a li- little bit more cash resources than some buyers well, do. Yeah. So how do you pay then for some of these upgrades that the home may need? If it yeah. needs to be totally rewired, I mean, that's a lot of money yeah. where some of our home buyers may not have that money. Right. So if it makes financially sense, yeah. seller's giving you an accommodation, you can tackle this as the new homeowner, then do it. But the nice thing is, is you do have an opportunity to walk away from the deal if you need to, um, and we always support our clients if they feel like, if they've got the, the information, good good information, 
we'll always support them to, to walk away from a deal when yeah. they need to. So what do you like about being a home inspector, Brian? I think uh, this, it, it's a really important, um, he's a really important person in a real estate transaction, but what do you like about being a home inspector? For, for me, the reason why I got into this, because I was in the electrical field for a while, and I was traveling so much and I was never home, you know? So for me, being home and uh, seeing my kids was probably my biggest reward of doing yeah. this, you know, doing home inspections. Uh, but it, but it's nice because we, we do build relationships with uh, agents. We build, you know, relationships with clients. Yeah. And it's good, you know, and, and you know, it, it's like anything. I mean, when you see... Uh, kids that are buying their first house and are just excited and they're actually getting a good house it, it, it puts a good feeling in your heart you know yeah you're that. a big part of that yeah helping them feel yeah. comfortable with it and and making a decision to, to move forward and you know sometimes we've had Brian come and inspect a home as we've talked about and there's been so many problems that our clients have backed out and I you know we hate to lose a deal but I, as Justin said we support our clients in making those kinds of decisions when they are and they have the facts. They have a nice inspection report from Brian. Um, but I think that what you're doing is such a great service to help people uh, navigate the real estate transaction and make a good informed decision. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think like anything, I mean, I, th I think it's with the times. The pendulum swings both ways. You know, when, when the downturn is, I mean, you could roll up to a house and go, you know what? Just not liking that color. Yeah. <laughs> and then repaint your house. And yeah. now to where it's, it's more of a seller's market, um, you know, sometimes you're, you're handcuffed on some of the repairs you do ask for. So, so it does swing back both, mm -hmm. you know, both, both directions. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Well, I think this has been a really valuable conversation, and we really appreciate you taking the time to come in. How can people reach you? Um, yeah, you can reach me at, um, you know, you can, you can Google me. Um, my website is uh, upiutah.com. Or uh, on my direct cell at eight zero one six nine four two six nine two. You can actually schedule online on my my website. So, okay. well, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Jared? Great topic. I think it's a great topic, and um, you, you know, use a professional home inspector. Use a professional. That's I think the point of of today. Don't try to take shortcuts. Um, even as many homes as Justin and I have bought, and it's it's a lot of homes at this point where we've bought personally. We just, we don't buy things without doing a home inspection on them. I mean, we need to make sure that uh, we know what we're getting into. Right. And so as trained as we are, and we've both been through thousands of homes and many, many transactions over the years, we still are not a good substitute for a home inspector. Well, I will say that as real estate professionals, we will typically uh, refer you to three different home inspectors, and you get to call them and, uh, and, and kind of look at fees and schedule and what they do and reports and all that stuff. Brian seems to come out with a lot of these home inspections. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's to your credit, buddy. Yeah. But we'll I always mean, refer just, three. Just, but Brian's willing to earn your business. Me. He will. He'll do what it takes to earn your business, which has been awesome. Oh. Thanks for coming in, Brian, today. Yeah. I hope Thank it you. was, uh, I hope it was uh, fun for you. And again, I hope it's a great uh, uh, podcast for our listeners and and uh, if you've got any questions, anything specific, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Thanks. Thank you.